Welcome back, listeners. This is episode nine of Let's Talk Dirty with me, your host, Dawn Boyd. I appreciate you coming back today. And because of your engagement, we are over 1,000 downloads. So I'm really happy about that. And I've been taking a hiatus from social media. We have to do those things sometimes, but I have some projects that I'm working on and I really want it to focus on those. If you're anything like me, you can get wrapped up in social media and I just know that this is the time where I need to kind of step back and focus my energy on the projects I'm working on. I'm looking at another business venture with an entrepreneur friend of mine and also I've been working on my product line, which is coming along pretty nicely. But again, I just want to thank you for your engagement and for logging on and listening, even when I'm not asking. So that means a lot to me. I see you out there listening in. So I appreciate you. Kudos to you. If this is your first time listening in, please do not forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Let's Talk Dirty is being featured on over 14 different platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So wherever you get your podcast, listen in every Thursday. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Gusto.com. Gusto is the people's platform. That means one place for payroll, benefits, HR, and compliance tools. If you need a user-friendly, affordable platform for your people, head on over to Gusto.com. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. On today's show, I have Troy Powell. Troy has been in human resources for almost 20 years, so he is definitely an expert in his field, and he's going to help us out today with a few questions that you may be asking when it comes to hiring people for your business. So we're still doing social distancing, so let me get him on the phone real quick. Hey, Troy. Hey, how's it going, Don? It's going good. Thank you so much for being on today. I appreciate you taking your time out today to do this with me. Yeah. As I ask all of my guests to give our listeners a brief description of who you are and what industry you're in, how long you've been in it. Well, first and foremost, my name is uh, Troy Powell, and um, I'm a director of HR. So right now I'm in telecommunications, but over the last, man, it feels like forever, um, the last few years I've been in multiple industries, multiple states, and I've seen, I feel like I've seen a lot of what the, uh, the HR field has to offer, and I'm really just excited right now to help your listeners and go through some of the comparisons between W-2s and 1099. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why, you know, I started this podcast to really give people an idea of what the do's and don'ts are to starting a business because not everybody knows how to start a business. It's like you want to start a business, but you're not sure. And sometimes people get stuck and they just don't know what to do. It was really important for me to have you on today because I'm kind of going through the series of starting up, hiring people. And now we're at the point where we're in tax season. So some people already have employees and maybe they have independent contractors, but they don't know really 
what the right one is to have. That's why I really wanted to have you on the show and I appreciate you doing this for me. But my first question is, what is the basic difference between independent contractor and an employee? Well, I would like to say that it's it's basically three different categories, right? There's a lot that goes into it, but mm-hmm. um, three categories would be cost, control, and flexibility. Mm-hmm. So as it relates to cost, when you are a W-2, a, what W-2 is an employee that works for an employer in the traditional sense, mm-hmm. right? And because of that relationship, there is uh, responsibilities for employers to pay payroll taxes and Medicare. And depending mm-hmm. on the size of your organization, you offer benefits and workers' compensation. So when it comes to cost, a W-2 employee will net cost a little bit more mm-hmm. because there are other there are additional responsibilities that employees have because of that relationship. Right. Uh, whereas 1099s, they're independent contractors. So they, you can you know, classify them as gig work. It's more professional than that in many circumstances, sure. but they, they work based on the project or based on the time period or based on a specific deliverable. And that relationship is, is completely governed by the con- contractual agreement mm-hmm. that the organization made with this individual. You don't have to pay payroll taxes or Medicare or workers' compensation or unemployment insurance, any of that. And that's why the 1099 would be a lot, uh, would be cheaper from a cost perspective. The other thing is when it relate, as it relates to control, when you have an employee that is your employee, is your our responsibility to train them, to manage them, to motivate them, etc. Mm-hmm. Whereas a, a 1099 employee, they have a lot more latitude to define hours, mm. you know, wh- how they, they deliver work. the product mm-hmm. or the means that I should say the means uh, by which they go through in order to deliver a product. You know, for some of your listeners, if they're in housekeeping, they may be responsible for bringing their own supplies right. versus, exactly. you know, they're, they're the person that they're in contract with, the organization that, that they're in contract with, mm-hmm. providing that, like, well, as if they were a W-2. So there's a little bit less control with the 1099 versus a W-2 because you don't necessarily, they don't work for you. Right. Um, it's, it's an agreement that two individuals or an organization and, a, and an individual have mm-hmm. on a contractual basis. So there's, right. a, there's a legal relationship, but not necessarily a, an employer-employee relationship, if that makes sense. Right. So and then there's the flexibilities with W two employees. Once you hire them, basically, you know, they are mostly to govern different aspects of employment when there are slow times. Um mm-hmm. Your staffing model may may not be as flexible to you know lay people off, or you may not want to lay people off. But there's a, a, a certain psychological aspect that goes into laying actual employees off right. versus for some versus independent contractors, where in the contract it says if there is a reduction in in work or uh, the availability of work, we're, we're we're in a business arrangement, and so you have a little bit more flexibility to ask a 1099 to excuse themselves because of the availability of work and then other considerations that would need to be had when you're working with W-2 employees. Like even if there's a layoff, the layoff has to be done fairly Mm -hmm. so that there's no liability that uh, individuals feel that they were treated differently based on any protected class okay. versus the 99 you can ask them you know to graciously um, discontinue work because of um, the lack of availability right now with the employee though you can do at will employment and ask them to not work anymore with you as long as it's not under a protected class too right 
Yeah, you, you definitely, um, in, in most states in the country, do have at-will employment, and that mm-hmm. is still part of those factors. But when you're looking at an employee, there's other things like that have to be considered, okay? Mm-hmm. So, one, uh, making sure that the if it's a reduction in force, it's not done in violation based on any protected class, whether or not there's other considerations related to unemployment insurance mm-hmm. that may need to be paid out and the employer has to answer those claims. Mm-hmm. And looking at um, benefit enrollment, having to unenroll them from their from benefits and okay. you know, looking at last checks. And so they're they're not that employers cannot flex with business demands, there are just additional considerations that need to be had versus an independent contractor where it's simply a conversation. Right. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So what would you say the biggest advantage versus uh, disadvantage to either of those classifications? With W-2s, mm-hmm. in my perspective, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, I feel like I'm a lifelong uh, HR person and mm-hmm. I thrive off of relationships. Right. Um, I think the, 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 the most significant advantage that there is with W-2s is that level of loyalty. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have, we talked about slow seasons, right? Let's talk about busy seasons. When mm-hmm. you have busy seasons, you have those individuals that they have that loyalty. They, they, they want to perform for you. They, they know the kind of leader that you are. They want to contribute to the team. They want to grow with you. They are willing to do more and potentially put on additional hats. Sure. So that's one of the, the most significant objectives. Um, 299s can do that as well, right? You, you have individuals that, that are professional and they, that's how they manage their business. However, 1099s tend to be project-based and mm-hmm. they tend to have multiple employers or multiple individuals right. or companies yeah. that they're in contract with. So there's that a little bit less loyalty versus your, your W-2s. And so I would say the, the largest con with W-2s would be just the, the, the cost implications, you mm-hmm. know, and the record keeping that goes along with that. You know, filing taxes at the end of the year looks very different with a W two employee versus a ten ninety nine. So that's that's something that either you would have to work out or work out with your tax professional or your accountant. Sure. However, with the the ten ninety nine, the largest con is that there is a the lack of control mm-hmm. as far as how the product or the the processes in which they complete their jobs right. you know and right. so you don't have that same level of input because basically as a 1099 you're entrusting them to buy contracts say i need you to perform this service and they are responsible for performing that service for you right you can evaluate it at the end but yeah. you lose um, a lot yeah. of that well some of that control through the process right and that's why you know my business is built on building relationships with our clients as well as the people that work with me so that's a big thing there is not being able to have that control over how they are performing because the performance is very important to me so I wouldn't want in the cleaning industry some people think oh anybody can clean anybody can go in and you know scrub and mop and sweep and vacuum and whatever but there is a much higher standard that I have with the people that work with me and with the clients that I need to have something that's a little bit more firm and a process so it is 
the same with every client, no matter what. I know I have steered clear away from independent contracting just for that simple fact. And like you said, as far as like tax time, which we'll get into real quick, is that independent contractors have to document their expenses. And that can be difficult sometimes for some people that are in a gig work type of environment. And then when tax time comes around and they owe a couple thousand dollars and they don't have it just saved up, that can be detrimental to them financially. So that's why I don't particularly like uh, the independent contractor classification because I just don't want to put my people into that type of position. But on top of that, what would you say, you know, if somebody decided, oh, well, you know, I just don't want to pay as a business owner. I don't want to pay all that extra. What are the legal ramifications towards hiring a independent contractor or an employee as an independent contractor? when they should be actually an employee? I would say that the the largest consequence or the ramifications of misclassifications um, Mm -hmm. can we go in in that route? Because the one thing that needs to be, that each of us have to be clear about is if a person is a W-2 employee, they can't be treated as a 1099 and Mm -hmm. vice versa. Mm -hmm. Um, So with that being said, there are significant ramifications if there's a misclassification. So Mm -hmm. for example, if you have uh, individuals that work with the company, they, they are classified as 1099s, but we dictate their hours. We dictate how they do the work. We provide them all the tools, materials, supplies. Mm -hmm. In order to do the work, we do their scheduling. We include them in with other employee perks like, you know, lunches or uh, uh, we we treat them just like all the other W2 employees. (laughs) Right. There there may be a liability at the end of the year Mm -hmm. to where if there is a complaint or there is an audit, an employee may be liable Mm -hmm. for back due taxes. Right. Do yeah. uh, unemployment insurance, workers' compensation, and so it's very is is gonna it's going to be very important that whatever the classification is for that individual to stick within the parameters of what the relationship is um, based on the the differences. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with being a 1099. Right. You can use 1099. It's flexible for it. them. Yeah, it, and mm-hmm. that's flexible staffing, you mm-hmm. know, so so there is the, the option of, um, of, of using them. However, whichever choice is made is to stick with that and not, I would say, double dip and you want, you want a W-2 employee, but you want to, or we want to treat them like a 1099. Right. Or right. vice versa. We can right. Can you have both in a business? Yeah, if you have like uh, temporary a, workers, uh, an, an employer can mm-hmm. employ W twos, and they can employ ten ninety nines. With many uh, small businesses uh, that I've seen, what they've done is they have a small core group of individuals that that serve W two individuals that serve to operate the business. Mm-hmm. Um, so it may be the sole proprietor or the uh, the owner of the of an LLC, and they may have a W two coordinator or W two assistant or a salesperson that's a w-2 while they have would have 1099s actually performing certain functions within the organization to help the business grow and help the business thrive so it's not if everyone has to be a w-2 or everyone has to be a 1099 it's whoever is a w-2 they're treated like w-2s and whoever is a 1099 based on your staffing model they are treated and managed right as a 1099 got it got it got it so yeah all right so that is 
pretty clear to me. Those are definitely two classifications that as a business owner, you really have to look into and decide on your own, but just make sure that you're doing it all by the book because you don't want to get in trouble. So Troy, I appreciate you coming on today and clearing that up with your experience. And I wish you the best and thank you. (laughs) That's all for me. Thank you. All righty. Bye. All right, everyone, that's the end of our show. I hope Troy was able to answer some of the questions you may have had or were struggling with when it comes to hiring people for your business. We want to make sure we're staying in compliance and that you're doing everything the right way. The foundation of starting your business or even kind of going back and restructuring and making sure everything is done the right way will help you grow in the long run. Now, again, if this is your first time listening in, this is Let's Talk Dirty with me, your host, Dawn Boyd. This podcast is airing every Thursday. So join back in and let's get our numbers over 2000 downloads. (laughs) I'm excited about it. I hope you all are. And I hope you join back in. Don't forget to rate review and subscribe to this podcast and I'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. Bye.